This is Teron Brooks, and welcome back to another episode of Reviews and Done, your number one spot for exclusive interviews with some of the people who paved the way in music industry, film industry, and so much more. This is Reviews and Done. Derek, take it away. What was the motivation for this, the song and lead single, Judy Had a Boyfriend? Bernard Bell wrote the original version of the song. Um, that, that's, that song, um, I think at the time, OPP had came out, man, and, like, Cass was, like, you know, Cass was hard. We thought Bernard was funky. You know, Cass was just throwing us songs. Like, you know, we didn't really have, you know, when you were the group, everybody have their own opinion on what's hot and what's not. Like, you know, when you got five individuals that like different things, you know what I mean? If you ain't writing these records, man, so when you hear a record, majority wins. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if three, if, three, if three guys say, I like it, then that's pretty much, you know, it's going on the record. That's pretty much how we, you know, we kind of voted that song in and voted, you know, a few of the other records in. That's how it all came came about on the second album. If three guys like it, it's going on the record. So I was one of the guys that never really liked that song. You know what I mean? I, I didn't. I never liked Judy, period. I hated it. Um, I thought that... Huh? At least you're honest. <laughs> no, nah, I'm honest. I never liked the record. Um, as far as um, the remix, we did the remix with Teddy Riley. Although he didn't put his name on it, he he um, he had his team that was down there. You know, Mucho, Chauncey yeah. Black, Levi Little. They produced the record. Teddy came in, added his his strings and and his bass line and his drum beat and 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 then you know he came in and touched it and put his voice box at the end of it and it became you know what it was did absolutely nothing for us it just made us um we had a new jack swing song now yes that was saying like that's pretty much what that was we wanted to get you know, Bernard Bell and Teddy Riley working together again. We figured that because they had broke up. Like, Teddy and Bernard, they did that whole Michael Jackson Remember the Time record. They did that whole album together. But then they broke off because of some, I don't know, some underhanded stuff. But we figured, like, if we get Bernard to... You know, if we get a song from Bernard, we can go do the remix with Teddy. We're going to have that Michael Jackson and, 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 and T.R. and Bernard sound. We're going to blow up. It didn't happen like that. <laughs> the way people think, man, like that's the way we were thinking back then. we like, oh, man. Teddy hated it. So he was like, nah. He was like, but, you know, let me get that. Let me get that check. So he had his boys. Come up with the the, the thing. Mo- Mucho came up with that EPMD. That he came up with that shit. We was like, uh oh, we in. And then Teddy came in there at them strings, them 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 keyboard things. We was like, oh we oh we were hit on a song that the lyrically wasn't where it needed to be. So that's it, man. We end up doing that and filming a video to that and putting it out. It didn't stick. I'm going to go ahead and keep going. It didn't stick for us. Um, they wanted to do another song, so we came out with The Baby Is Yours. Um song that we wrote. You know, we figure we put a song out that we wrote, we make some money from it, blah, 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 blah. It didn't stick. So now the record company is like, okay, 
what we going to do, guys? Like, let's shelf this album. Let me go in. Let's go in and do a whole new album. Now, at this time, everybody in the group is a little pissed off because, you know, SBK want to put a plug on this record because yeah. they think the record can't compete with what's going on out there. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's nothing we can do with this. This record is not going to compete with what's going on right now. You got Boys and Men, Jodeci, like, we need to hook y'all with the best pop producer in the game. And let's go get rich. That was the story. At that time, man, you know, we started changing, you know what I mean? I want to say everybody, like, we started changing. You know, we, Cass had a little money. We started changing, like, now nah, we want to stay true to our roots. We got to do black music. Don't want to go back doing pop. We got to walk down the block. You know, our friends got to know us. Went there. And that was spearheaded by Kenny Kelly. I'm going to say it now because it's over with. You know, Kenny Kelly, Dwayne Jones, and my cousin Steven, they was gun-ho about trying to put out another song from this album. And if that wasn't going to happen, you know, we was, you know, ready to walk off of the label. By this time, we having problems with our management, you know, we wasn't getting along with our management. You know, we thinking they're not fighting for what we want. You know, me and Anthony Fuller was the ones that wanted to go and do the pop album because that's where we gained our most success from. And if we're going to get the backing from the record company, man, like we had on the first album, let's do it. And they're going to hook us up with David Foster, which is the biggest pop producer in the game, bro. There's nobody bigger than David Foster as far as hits. You know, he he knew. It's crazy because then they, like, they pleaded with us. They was like, listen, because um, we already told them. We was like, yo, you know, take take a listen to Don't Leave a Voyage to Atlantis. They was like, no. Nah. They was like, listen, we want y'all to meet David Foster tonight. Go in, cut a song with him. He wants to meet you guys. So he went down to Battery Studios in New York City, met with David Foster. He had a song he wanted us to try to sing so that he can see if he can work with us. Went in there, we did this song called Don't Want to Fall in Love. Killed it. Beautiful record. He went back, told the record company he would love to do our whole album. They was like, look, we got David Foster in on this project. You're going to have the whole entire record company in and dedicated in to pushing this album. You guys got to do this record. <sighs> that majority rules thing, man. Three cats, like, no. We're not going back. Pop. Ba, 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 ba. And they ended, wow. up, they ended up dropping us from the label. Blackballing us from the industry. Like, you know, like three of the guys thought that we can go anywhere else and get a deal. You know, we don't need to stay here. We can go and get another deal. We went up to three, four labels, man. They wasn't trying to hear it. I didn't know what Black Ball was. Um, we had hits. We had top ten hits. Our second album wasn't doing good at all. There was nobody out there. I don't care who it was that could stand in a room with us and, like, deal with us on a live platform. We was killing them all, except Jodeci. Jodeci had a hard show. You know what I mean? But the executives wasn't seeing that. They 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 didn't see the shows. You know what I mean? Like, it was more like, what can we do with y'all? You know? And yeah. they already got groups out there, man, that's like, you know, boys and men and blah, 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 whatever. What What is Riff bag? We got blackball from the game, man. And then 
That's it. That's that's pretty much how it went, man. I mean, we stayed together for a few years after that, and uh, we ended up disbanding for a little while. That's it. That's pretty much how it went. Second, I'm a little bit more. I want I want to say the second album a little bit more. That's you know, um, three of my cuts on the second album that I I rock with were Baby is Shores. Mm-hmm. Don't leave, and to whom may concern. Yeah. So, of the three, which one do you wish you could have shot a video for? Pushed as a single. You said "Don't Leave," right? Yeah, we actually wrote that, and we would have liked to shot a video to that. You know, like if, like, because, like I said, majority rules. Like that was one of the songs we were fighting for to put out. Um. Record company wasn't hearing it though. It was like, nah, man. Like, this is this this is not going to sell. Like, they they knew something that we didn't know. It takes money to get behind stuff. If you don't got a marketing plan, like we like, I want to say this is exactly what they were telling us. But we were young and wasn't like me. Anthony couldn't convince the the other fellas. To let's go and do this 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 next album. Let's stay where we are, bro. And let's we got a record deal. We yeah. made money. We done been on tours. Like let's stay here and do this. They, they was ready to give us a million dollars for our pocket, and was going to do a brand new album. And Cass wouldn't do it, man. It wouldn't do it. Yeah, man, I totally get it. And just, you know, hearing the horror stories of the music industry, sometimes you just got to, as much as you don't want to, sometimes you got to listen to the label because they're, like you were just saying, you know, they're seeing stuff that we don't see numbers-wise and, you know, just marketing standpoint, and it sucks. But sometimes, you know, you just got to go that, you got to go that pop route. Like, you have to. Otherwise, you know, you get lost in the shuffle. And then, like you were just saying, sir, you know, you end up without Without a deal. So Without you, you nothing. See, and that's, that's, that was my stance on it. Me and Anthony. I got to say me and Anthony Fuller. That was our stance on it. It's like, yo, man, we better think. Like, you think Riff going to go and just get another deal like that? And it was like, yeah, are you crazy? Like, we can get another deal. That ain't, that ain't nothing. I'm like, yo, what? I was like, they listen, listen to what they finna do. They want us to do a brand new album with the number one pop producer in the game. There's no one better than him. Remember, all of our first and the second project, we work with different producers. So the music is all over the place. You get with one banging producer, it's gonna be more better. You understand what I'm saying? Because every like everything's gonna sound like something. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like like I knew that back then. I'm like, yo man, it's gonna be tighter. The album is gonna be tighter. And these cats just didn't see it, man. They didn't see it. Man. You hit it on while the group disbanded and after Riff Three of the members joined Men and Vision in 1998 and signed with MJJ Records. Folks, that's uh, Michael Jackson's label. Mm-hmm. How did you all link up with the other two members of Men and Vision to form the new Men and Vision for that MOV album? Oh, I'll tell you. I'll make it quick. Check this out. So in the process of Rip taking their break, Everybody started doing their own thing, you know what I mean? Like, you know, life. Cats was getting married, you know, having children, you know, not really, like, focusing on the band. So at this point, um, I guess Anthony was at a church service. He ran into Spanky, which is the lead singer of Men of Vision. And he was like, yo, um... Spank, you know, he knew Spanky as being the writer of Men of 
supervision. He did a bunch of the writing and the producing. He was like, yeah, I want you to do some music for Riff. Spank was like, all right, I would love to. He gave Spanky his number, and um, he called me. Um, Chill called me. He was like, yo, man, I was at, you know, church service. I ran into Spanky from Men of Vision. I'm like, who is Men of Vision? He said, you ever heard of that group, Men of Vision, that got that song out, Housekeeper? I was like, nah. He's like, yo, you got to check them. You got to check them dudes out, man. Them dudes are hot. I'm like, all right. So it's funny. I was going to um, R. Kelly tour. Um, I think it was the Download tour. It was Escape was opening for him. Yeah, 96 Download tour. Yeah. And what happened was Minivision opened before Escape. And I got a chance to see Minivision perform. I was like, oh, they are hot. So I went back. I told Chill. I was like, yeah, man, I, I went to a concert, man. I saw your boy's Minivision. He's like, yeah, man. He's helped that dude call back. Boom. Like a month later, Spanky calls him back and was like, yo, what's up with, what's up with Riff, man? He was like, nothing. He was like, yo, man, he said, I want, I'm looking for two members for the group Riff. He said, I want you, Anthony, and I want Michael Best. Like, I want him. And Chill was like, yo, he said, I got another person, you know, my brother, Dwayne Jones, you know what I mean? I can bring him too. He says, nah, he said, I lost three guys, he says, but. You know, I want two guys, man, because it's only four quarters to a dollar. Everybody's thinking, the, the, you know, the money thing, right? So, Chill told him, he was like, yo, he's like, let me come out there, you know, with Mike and my brother. We went out to Brooklyn. Uh, we met Spanky G Fly, and we met um, their manager at the time. His name was J.R. We met them at Junior's Cheesecake Factory. We went down there and we had dinner. And we ended up doing a song, like singing a gospel song to see if we could, like, gel. They loved the sound. It was like, this is the new group right here. They loved it. It was like, we wasn't we wasn't going to go with a, a five-man group. We was going to go with the four, but... It all it makes sense. So we ended up doing a production deal contract with uh, Jr. You know, because the group was signed to Jr. and Jr. had to deal with MJJ and Teddy Riley. Uh, so they took us up to Sony Music uh, because apparently Men of Vision had lost three guys. You know, one of the guys. Um, you know, did some bad things, you know, at the time. Um, I won't put that business out there because it's none of my business. I know the story, but I don't want to put it out there on my interview. But I'll let, you know, when you interview Men of Vision, the, you know, MOV, I'm going to let G Fly tell you that. But um, we um, ended up going up to Sony singing, auditioning. We had to audition for... Michael Jackson was on the phone. Teddy Riley was on the phone. Jerry Greenberg, Corey Rooney, Tommy Mottola was in the office. And we we sang. We sang like three three songs from the first album of the Men of Vision album. Blew them away. Acapella. Killed it. And these cast was like, yo, amazing. Teddy Riley, you know, basically was... Big on Blackstreet had just came, you know, was blowing up, you know, and he he swore that he was gonna give Men of Vision some 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 hot shit. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna do the hottest shit on them. They wrote him like over a million dollar check. Teddy touched maybe three songs on that project because he was still salty about what happened from the first group. And he was holding G 
and Spanky accountable because he, he thought that they knew about what was going on. So he didn't touch us. Like, we moved to VA for about six months. That's six number, man. We moved to VA. I should have I known. We moved to VA, and we stayed out there, man. We waited for Teddy to do some joints. He ain't never do it. Spanky got in, and we hooked up with some producers from Atlanta, and we did the MOV record. We messed with Rodney Jerkins, did, you know, a couple joints, and Joe did a song, and, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much how it worked out, man. Rodney Jerkins, man, whoa, his camp is ridiculous. You know, Sean Daniels, we knew from Newark, from the Riff days, we cut a song with him, when he was just coming out, he was a bad writer back then, and we cut a joint with him before he even went the Dark Child. It was crazy. Riff did a song with him, but um, yeah, man, it's a journey, brother. So, did you ever get a chance to meet the King of Pop? Never got a chance to meet him. We talked to him, you know, after after we did the in. After we did the audition, he was like, oh, my God, you guys are amazing. You sound really good. Spanky, you did good. Oh, my God. The music is amazing. You guys sound awesome. Never got a chance to meet him. Cool, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Sounds like Michael. Yep. So you mentioned working with Sean Daniels and Rodney Jerkins. Now, my joint on the MOV project was a song you did with them. Do you feel me? Right. What memories do you have of that song? The video. The video was the shit, you know what I mean? Like, we, it was a different style. We was doing R&B music. Um, I remember going in the studio, uh, cutting the song, Sean Daniels coming up with the melodies, you know what I mean? Um, we co-wrote the record. Mr. Cheeks coming in the studio to spit. On the rap part. Yeah. You know, and it was amazing, man. You know, Dark Child just came off doing that Brandy album. You know what I mean? So we we, 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 we thought we was in good good hands, man. It was, you know, we put together a nice little project. Went cross seas. Yeah. And uh, after we came back from cross seas, and a vision decided to take a break. <laughs> yeah, that's actually my next question. So, mm-hmm. when did you end up leaving Men of Vision? Huh? When did you end up leaving Men of Vision? Oh, we, we, we never really left. Um, we never really broke up from either one of the groups, Riff or Men of Vision. It was like, you know, when we got back from the men of vision from across seas. We had such a bad plane ride experience. You know, we almost lost our lives in the air, man, flying on them little planes. We ended up, like, just deciding to take a break. Like, nobody wanted to fly and 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 and, and do no more shows. So, you know, we just took a break. We like, you know, let's just chill for a minute, man. Let's regroup. You know, Spanky them had just went through a whole bunch of stuff with the first group. You know what I mean? The record company was going through problems with Michael Jackson. Sony was going through problems with Michael Jackson. So all of his artists was getting shelved, like like pretty much not being paid attention to. They wasn't pouring no money into MJJ. So us, Tatiana Ali, Brownstone, um, you know, Michael Jackson nephews, like everybody, like records was getting, like, not being paid attention to because Mike was going through the legal battles with Tommy Mottola and all them cats. So his deal ended up getting scratched. Vision deal ended up getting scratched from that whole situation. We was trying to see if, you know, Minivision can walk over and switch over to Columbia, Sony. Yeah. But at the time, you know, um, like I said, like, 
they they didn't want to make the switch at that time. They didn't want to do it. They were so pissed at Michael Jackson, they didn't want to make the switch. They didn't want none of his artists. That's foul. Hey, man, you give me stories I had no idea about at all. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, Brian, that's, that's what I said earlier. That's why I like interviewing nostalgic acts, not not only because I grew up on you guys' music, but just because you guys give it straight no chaser, and you don't hold nothing mm-hmm. back. And when you guys, you know, when nostalgic acts talk, you know, I don't hear any animosity in nobody's voice. I don't hear any bitterness. I hear wisdom. And to me, it comes off as if anybody's trying to, if anybody trying to go in the industry, it's like a, you know, younger than me, you know, teenagers or early twenties, yo, listen to my podcast, man, because these nostalgia acts, man, they have jewels for days about what not to do, what to do, you know, read your contracts. This is why, you know, so thank you again for just, you know, giving to me straight no chaser and being an open book. Yeah, man. All right, so it, it, let's bring it, it to the to modern day. Was the goal always to reunite Riff before Kenny Kelly passed away? Yeah, I mean, that was the goal. I mean, like, after we did Minivision, um, like, Kenny Kelly took it to heart that me, Anthony, and Dwayne would actually go off and do work with another group. Like, they thought that we should have did initial meeting, sit down, and we tell them. But like I said, at that time, everybody was doing their own thing. Kenny was doing his own thing. He was getting into, like, comedy. He had a, a new group himself that he was working with called Mind Frame. And it was a group where, like, like a guy was doing rap. There was another dude doing spoken word in the group. And Kenny was singing. He was doing all the hooks and doing the lead singing in this new sound that they was trying to put together. So this was happening before Men of Vision. Kenny already had a vision. He was like, yeah, I'm going I'm gonna do this. But when me, Anthony, and Dwayne made the decision to go over and do Men of Vision, no, we didn't have the initial meeting with them dudes to let them know. Because, again, like I said, everybody wasn't even paying attention to what, you know, nothing Riff was doing. We we thought Riff was dead in the water. Right? We thought it was a done. And, like, we lost, like, we wasn't keeping in contact with each other as much. You know what I mean? I mean, we would, like, Stephen and Buzz, uh, yeah, Stephen and Kenny lived together at that time when we was doing Men of Vision. Um, and me and the Wayne, you know, we was doing our own, you know, we decided to do it. We started to do it. Like, I think, like, like Kenny and Steven felt some type of way, you know what I mean, you know, but we you know we we ended that feeling after we you know i guess like men of vision like we took our break, but never broke up, we just took a we took a break um and you know it's all right, well while we're on this break, we're gonna do riff record, so we came back to try to get five guys together, Kenny wasn't with it. It was just like, nah, man, like, I can't go back doing that and blah, 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 blah. He was holding it for a long time, man, like a good three, four years. Kenny wanted to do nothing with Riff. Then, like, we would do, like, little things, like like my manager, birthday, uh, he wanted Riff to sing. Kenny came back. We did a Riff song together. So he would do, like, spot things with Riff. Like me, Anthony, Dwayne, and Steven started singing again without Kenny. And uh, uh, one day we got a check in the mail. No, not a check. We was told that we was getting some money. It was a publishing check. It was for a lot of money. And... I called Kenny. Now, this is years, this cat saying he's not doing, he don't want to do, he has no interest in doing this. So Riff done got together, man. We done put out some new material. We picked up a new guy, 
you know what I mean, Delvis Damon uh, at the time, and we put out the song called Perfect Ten. And um, we put the song out, you know, so I guess Kenny, Kenny liked the song. He called me and was like, yo, man, that song, Perfect Ten, he was like, yo, I love it. He said, now that's what I'm talking about, Mike. That's what's up. He was like, who wrote the song? I was like, me. I wrote the song. He was like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I'm, 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 I'm happy that you're doing it like that. I was like, all right, man. I was like, yo, man, we got to get together, man. You know, I want to, like, um, you know, I want to talk to you about some things. You know what I mean? We're trying to do this riff reunion album. He was like, yo, man. Let me pray about it, man. You know what I mean? He was like, yo, man. He said, but I, I love what you're doing. I was like, all right, cool. So we we kept in touch. By, you know, a few months went by. We was getting this check. We we got noticed that we was getting this check in, in the mail, you know, uh, well, coming to us. And so I called Kenny to let him know. Like, we always kept in touch. I called. I was like, listen, man, just found out. Um, uh, from Sony Exchange that we had a check coming. You know what I mean? We get ready to be straight, man. I was like, okay, man, you know, I, I really want to do this riff album. He was like, do me, do me a favor. I was like, what's up? He said, tell Anthony that he has to stop being afraid. He has to go back and sing the way he used to sing. You know, we were young, and that dude was singing like a grown man. Like he was, he had the, that Mack truck thing, man, very confident. Tell him to get his confidence back. He said, tell Smooth B, he said, tell him, I'm very proud of him, you know, because Smooth had a problem with his weight going up and down. Smooth was down at the time, you know what I mean? Because he had just, you know, he met a girl and, you know, that he, he had, you know, he went through an issue when he had a divorce. He, he met a new girl that was getting them together, getting them sweet. He said, tell Buzz, man, he's looking good, bro. Tell him, keep up the good work. He said, Mike, you know I'm proud of you, man, like how you, you know, keeping the Riff brand alive he said so you know i'm very very happy about this i was like yo cool i said yo okay man i said what you gonna do with your money when you get your money he was like yeah i'm gonna pay off some bills that's what i'm gonna do i said i i said listen man after you pay off these bills man i was like yo can we talk about doing this new riff project man i want you to be in it i want you to be with it he was like count me in I'm with it, brother. I'm ready. I've been dying to do it. I'm ready to fucking do it. I'm ready to do it. I cried, bro. Because it took me like almost five years to get that cat to say he wanted to do another rip project. But he wasn't He wasn't fucking with it. He wasn't trying to do it. He was like, nah, man, I'm doing something else. And he finally said yes. So... We exchanged, like, you know, like, you know, like how, um, you know, like, after, after, like, right after we hung up, you know, you, you could see that stuff was getting ready to get back into this because he started texting and shit. So he was, and I still have the texts today. I, I saved them. Yo, he was sitting, like, up the money sign, like, with the texts, like, with the, uh, the uh, cast, the M-O-Gs with the money. Like, you know how you make the, the, the memes and it looks like you, and it's, like, throwing the money up and he's, he's talking in the things. Man, I'm so happy, man, to, you know, to connect with the brothers, man. Like, I can't wait to work on the new music. This is within that same day, okay? Tell me why. Two days after that, it was that Friday we made the connection. That Sunday morning, I get a call from Kenny Kelly at 6 o'clock in the morning. My phone ringing. 
I pick up my cell phone, and I'm like, hello? I was like, hey, what's up, man? And his wife, it's his wife on the phone. She's like, no, no, no. She was like, this is this is not Kenny. I was like, what's up? She was like, this is Yolanda. I was like, what's up? She was like, Kenny passed away last night. And I lost it, bro. Lost it. Because we grew up together. We had history. We slept in the same beds. We toured. We made history together with the movie Lean On Me. He was in my wedding. Like, we were brothers going through life. You know what I mean? You know when brothers get mad at each other, we get mad, but we always get right back. Real brothers. Finally got this dude to say, I'm getting emotional now, thinking about it. Finally got this dude to say, let's do the Riff reunion record, brother. I'm ready. Everybody, let's go. Two days later, he passed away, bro, of a heart attack. In his sleep. That's it, man. Yeah. That's the story. My condolences, man. My condolences. Yeah. So just um, you, can pick you up a little bit. You know, we can keep it moving, talking about uh, the new riff. So the group said it singles as When You Love and Say the Word, which I mm-hmm. purchased, although, you know, had you had a physical copy, I would have bought that, but had it set up digital. But with Ari, so you know, I'm, I'm I'm still supporting them. I just don't. I'm not big on digital music. So, are right. you guys still talking about doing a new album, or you just got, are you guys going to do singles? Riff has a whole album done already. The album that I was trying to make is done. You know what I mean? We released yeah. a couple records. You know, we released a video on Perfect Ten. We did say the word and. We did a song called, um, yeah, When You Love. And we released another song called Dedicated. It's all out there. But we have a 20-song CD done already. Uh, I don't know if Riff wants to put out a, a new record. I think Riff is just comfortable in the space that we are in right now, being older right now, like if if someone wants to hear good singing, they hire us to come and we sing. You know, we'll drop a song here and there, you know, do a video independently, and yeah. if it moves, it moves. If it don't, it don't. You know what I mean? I don't think, like, everybody is in it that deep anymore like I am. You know what I mean? Like like I'm 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 vested in this I'm gonna ride it till the wheels fall off, like as far as like you know, like the brand, you know, the lean on me boys. I'm gonna push it till the wheels fall completely off. You know, we just did a show, SOBs in New York City, bought it down. You know what I mean? Our dates was picking up, but then this COVID-19 happened. Shut it down for the year, man. Like, killed us. Like, where, like, you know, those dates disappeared. So it's like I'm trying to rebirth that, you know, and try to make sure that those dates get re, you know, that we reconnect with the promoters on that and we can get those dates going next year. Middle Vision is in the studio cutting a brand new project that's going to be out 2021. Um, so it's the same thing, man. We got both groups still working, man. We still trying to put it down. Middle Vision project is going to be ridiculous. You know, we hooked up with a producer. Um, it's one producer doing the whole thing. And he's I'm not allowed to give his name, but the record is going to be, I promise you, like, it's going to be fire. Because it's all five guys, Spanky Williams, 
George Besser, G. Fly, Anthony Fuller, Dwayne Jones, and Michael Bess, Nitty Green. And we're going we gonna to put down a very good project, man. It's, it's going to happen. Um, Riff, that's another story. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, I, like I said, you know, we're going to drop another single called Relax. And, you know, maybe a remake. We did a remake of the Chicago song, um, You're My Inspiration. We're going to drop those two songs, man, see what happened, man. You know, there's people talking, wanting to jump in the manage riff now. If we can get somebody to take charge and run it, then we might see another riff project. We might. We might can get that, you know, on deck. For sure. Do you think we'll ever get a documentary or autobiographical autobiographical book on the group and your journey? I mean, we was scheduled to do Unsung. Um, We're going to see how that works out for next year. You know, when this COVID-19 is pretty lifted, man, and Cass can get back into the studio I think the riff story will be told and be interesting to to tell the story and to let people know exactly what it was all about and like we still feel like riff never really got their just due but a lot of people paid attention to what we did like yeah, we had a number 1 song in white man can jump across seas in you know Brazil we had top ten hits, you know what I'm saying? We went on major tours. We had, you know, that whole thing, the battle with the record company. You know, we felt we got blackball. Um, we were offered a lot of money to do things. We met with the Illuminati where they swore to us that if, if we sign to do this record, we will take your career to the next level guaranteed that's what it was told to us guaranteed you will blow so they were setting us up to blow and cast didn't want to sign you know we you know it may have been by the grace of god that we didn't because we would have signed our life away for sure because they was giving us money up front just to hold us while we do the, a million dollars. It was break up this million and we're going to spend two million on this new album. Because we're getting the best people to to do this record right. And, my, and Kenny Kelly, Dwayne Jones, Stephen Capers, like I said before, when there's three, the other two is outvoted and that's how it's always been it's been a rule in our group from the beginning of time and boom that vote is what probably you know saved us from signing with the elites for real because it was it was definitely that for sure what's the one thing missing in 2020's r&b Soul, bro. They don't have it no more. Yeah, speak on it. Can't say anything with the soul anymore. It's it's a different kind of music, man. I can't understand it. I mean, yeah. Like, not knocking anything that no cats is doing. You know, make your money, do your thing. It's a it's a different type of music right now. They saying that R and B is coming back around. Hey, maybe so. You know what I mean? Um, just saying, like, I think, like, and this is a personal quote for me, and I may get, like, talked about after this quote. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to go ahead and say it. You got the floor, it appears bro. to me, the way I look at it, man, it's like... Our artists, 
meaning, you know, our R&B black artists, I feel personally, looking at it, looking in, they're not taking it serious enough, me included. Like, I'm including myself in that bag because we've been damaged, man. We've been shut out on mm-hmm. radio so heavy that cats ain't looking the same. They call our music now old school. When the white boys can get together and put out a record anytime they want and they fans will go and get it. You understand what I'm saying? Whenever they want radio, uh, uh, radio are supported in the whole nine. But our black R&B artists, they, they can do albums, but unless they are in some sort of organization, you're not getting heard, man. You're not even getting pushed as far as R&B music, as far as R&B music. Like, yeah. they'd rather see the white boys win with our music. So, I don't know, man. Like, like, I, I, like, I, I, my message is to all of the R&B artists, man, that's out there right now, man. Hold on, stay in the gym, keep your youth, and when you go into the studio, man, like, do real good records, man, where they're undeniable. Like, we have the Internet right now, you know what I'm saying? And I still think, like, even that is being watched. So it's like, just be the best version of your young self right now and practice your art, man, sing, and make sure your business is right. You know, I think the group that I have now in Riff is better than the group that I had back then. Like, we sing better. Like, the group right now sings better than that group back then because we we focus a lot on the vocals. You understand what I'm yeah. saying? Although we had a team back then, we don't have that now. Like, if Riff had a team, I think we can be one of the groups, man, that can open this shit back up. I'm serious, man. You know, I think that we, we really get down with it. You know, a lot of these groups out here ain't singing right, man. They they not taking it no. like that, man. Yeah. Like the 90s is getting, you know, they got their own clique where they do the 90s shows. But it's the same groups, man. And I think people want to see different groups, man. You know what I mean? But when you call the pawn, fellas, if you ever hear this interview, when you call the pawn, to go and be a part of any situation, destroy the stage, man. Let them know that you were there. I don't care who's headlining. Let the people know that yep. you were there. Have them going home be like, yo, New Edition was dope tonight, but, yo, that group riff. I'll sing they ass tonight, boy. Them boys singing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta make it be known, man. And that's where we at. Every artist have that same competitive yeah, thing when they get on the stage. It's like, yo, it's my stage tonight. You know, you gotta have that. So I'm not saying nothing that no other group has has said before. Like when Riff is on yeah. stage. When Riff is on stage, I promise you, it's our stage. And the same thing goes with Men of Vision. When Men of Vision is on stage because Nitty Green is in the group, I'm going to make sure, I'm going to do my part to make sure that it's our stage because that's my mentality, point blank. I like to get in the dog cage and fight. And that's that's the bottom line. Man. Shit, bro. And I'm, I'm just going to yeah. piggyback on what you said earlier. You know, we got a few more questions, but I'm going to piggyback on what you were just saying about R&B and all that. I mean, and Stephanie Mills said it best when, you know, they want our rhythm, but they don't want our blues. And, you know, I've talked about this ad nauseum with one of my good friends who runs a, who runs a blog. Shout out to my man, Edward Bowser, who runs soulandstereo.com. But 
we're the only community that doesn't give flowers to our icons and older artists when they're here. Yeah. So why is it, so why is it that right now Duran Duran can say they're working with Timberland and, you know, they get accolades and magazine covers yeah. and all that, but Riff says, you know what, man, look, Drake did a show in Jersey, and we ran into Drake at a spot. Drake told us he grew up on our shit, and Drake, Drake just told us he wants to do a feature with us on his latest album, have us singing the hook and all that, and Riff will get clowned by black folk. Yeah. Because yeah. We're, cause we're the only community that doesn't honor people that came before us, and yet it still get music. You guys aren't doing anything satanic. You guys aren't doing anything negative, but it's like when you're not on the radio and you're not hot, you know, black folks want to, you know, clown us. And I'm like, you know, I, I get it a bit, but, you know, it shouldn't be like that, and, you know, and I'm all about, you know, promoting older artists. I'm all about, you know, talking to nostalgia artists, you know, from the from the 80s and the 90s because, you like I said, you guys give it to me straight no chaser, and you all give it to real, you know, and I can hear the determination in your voice. And like you were saying earlier, that we really need to come together as artists, even though I'm not an artist, like we really need to come together and kind of get this shit back to where it was. Because yeah. in the 90s, it seemed like every week in the 90s from about 90 to like 96 maybe, every mm-hmm. week you had a vocal group dropping a new CD. Every Come on, week, man. You, know, you remember that? You know, every, <laughs> every week you see something new and all that. And even though there was competition, it was still a mutual respect. Like you might go to a yeah. show, it could be riff and it could be high five and say portrait on the show. And yeah, then, you man. know, portrait, portrait, portrait opens the show up. And riffs, he's what they do. You're like, oh, ho, 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 we got to go back and we got to do something else because you know yeah. we got to we got we to show this crowd what we can do. And it wasn't a beef like you know you guys you guys didn't hate the other groups, but you just knew that every single That's person was bringing yeah, a game, and you had to get out there and do the same thing. And everything you're saying, bro, when I interview the guys from Shy, they say the exact same stuff that you're saying. It's just like you know mainstream came in and took everything over, and again, we are the only community that doesn't give our artists our flowers, and then you have some artists that want to appease the masses and all that, and I'm like, you know, once you have a solid fan base, you really don't got to do this shit to appease the masses because I I guess for me, all right, so you have a demographic that you want to chase. And all right, so you want to do shit streaming and all that, cool. But the people that are coming to your concerts, people that are willing to pay top dollar to see you live, it's not going to be the same demographic that you have that's streaming your records. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, right. it's not. So right. that's why, like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to say a name, and hopefully after I interview him, he don't call me out. But that's kind of my issue with Tank sometimes because Tank is very, very, very talented. Mm-hmm. But you know, Tank. Dude, you're like you're you're close to fifty. You know, you're in your forties. You don't got to sing about popping bottles and you know right. comparing your vagina to automobiles and like you know. There's no need to do that. You've been in the game for twenty plus years. You already have a solid, concrete fan base. You don't need to compete with the high dollar right. signs and the weekends and all that because that's not your demographic. It was like right. Rippers out. You guys, when you guys were hitting in the nineties, you guys weren't competing with the Whispers and with the Temptations are the OJs right. because it's a dip, it's a different demographic. You guys are still singing, but how you, you you know you sang quality soul music, but it was catered to your Pacific demographic. And as you grew up, the music changed too. I mean, don't get me started, bro, because I can I can about shit for hours. So you know, I just wanted to count <laughs> what you were saying. So let's talk about your um your solo stuff, man. The track with me. And if you could add any MC to a remix of that song, matter of fact, let's do a posse cut. Give me five MCs you're going to add to the remix with me. If I can get five MCs, if I five have MCs. five MCs. It's a posse cut. From, hmm. from, from any, I'll make it sweet from any time period. Okay. Jigga, 
uh, I'll go with Nas. I'll go with, uh, and this is the people that's alive right now. So it's Jigga Nas. I'll go with uh, Common. I'll go with Black Thought from the Roots. And most deaf. Dope, dope. All right. And if you could do a virtual concert with three acts right now, to just to give the fans a little something who are done with COVID, what three would you pick? High five. I would do it with uh, Boys the Men. And I would do it with uh, Big Bub and Today. Cool, cool. And before we close out, a group approaches you, made up of five singers, and they ask you, Mr. Green, what is the best way for us to perfect five-part harmony? What advice are you going to give them? Wow, that's a good question, man. Best way to perfect five-part harmony, man, is you got to rehearse, man. It, it's 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 not a, a formula. you got to get the basic three. If you can get that three harmony spread, it's easy to come up with two more notes. You understand what I'm saying? So you get the, the basic three down, the basic three-part harmony, and then you can fill in the other two, how you feel to make it your own style. So that's what we did. We made it that basic three, and then we added Kenny Kelly, and we added Steven for the bass all the way down in the basement. And he can go any octave. And Kenny was that guy, like, he had the distinctive voice, you know what I mean? So he can do whatever. So... You get the basic three harmony parts first, and then you can you can play around with the other two, and go back and listen to some take six, man. That's it. That's my advice. Working fans, find on social media, and is there anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, my single with me is out there. You know what I mean? Like to see, you know. Nitty Green, the name of the song is called With Me. You can find me at Nitty Green on Instagram, Nitty Green on Twitter, Nitty Green on Facebook. Um, you can find me there. And the same thing as Riff. You can find Riff Sounds. It's at Riff Sounds on Facebook, at Riff Sounds on Twitter. Riff Sounds on Instagram, and then you can find Minivision, uh, Minivision Official. All right, folks, well, I've had Mr. Nitty Green, a.k.a. Michael Best from Riff and Minivision, as well as his solo artist on the line today. I hope any inspiring artist has took to heart everything that Mr. Best said. It was very eye-opening. I learned a ton of stuff that I didn't know. And get out there and support real music, support indie music. And popular to contrary belief, R&B is not dead. It's out there. You just got to look for it. They're trying to steal it from us, but it's not dead, folks. It's out there. Mr. Green just dropped some of his stuff that's available for you guys to stream. So, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, whatever you use, get out there and support real R&B, and it will support you right back. Yeah. I'm going to leave you guys with a quote. But my man, Jay-Z, you can want success all you want, but to get it, you can't falter. You can't slip, you can't sleep. When I open, for real and forever. Peace and blessings. Stay inspired. Until the next time, done out. Uh, This is Brock Obama. Uh, tune in next week for another episode of Reviews and Done uh, with your host, formerly known as uh, DJ Aftermath. 
but still the slow jam king. DMV's own Derek Dunn. <laughs> 